The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days for Jesus being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there. But they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens, birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And to another he said, follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, let the dead bury their dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to my family at home. To him, Jesus said, no one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, it's always a blessing to to be with you on Sunday mornings. And um, this morning, we just want to begin by reading the letter that Bishop Conley prepared for everyone in the diocese. To the clergy, religious, and lay faithful of the Diocese of Lincoln, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, on Friday, June 24th, 2022, The Supreme Court decision in Dobbs v. Jackson overturned Roe v. Wade. I never thought that I would see this day in my lifetime, but I always believed that this day would come when Roe v. Wade would no longer be the law of the land. Praised be Jesus Christ. That this decision was released on the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus is no coincidence. Our Lord has given us a great gift from the love of his most sacred heart. However, we must now reach out to women and families who find themselves in difficult situations and love them with the same love as found in the heart of Christ. We need to accompany them with our loving care, welcome them, walk with them, and show them that life is good and they are not alone. Walking with Moms in Need was launched on March 25th as a response to a post-Roe world. Pregnant and parenting moms in need are in our parishes, at our places of work, and in our neighborhoods. As Pope Francis reminds us, 
Our parishes need to be islands of mercy in the midst of a sea of indifference. This new initiative, Walking with Moms in Need, is designed to bring resources through the parish to women who might otherwise not have the necessary resources needed to choose life. This program is just starting and we need everyone to play their part. I ask all of you to learn about Walking with Moms in Need at your parish and prayerfully consider how you can help. Our faith places a responsibility on each of us to assist women in difficult situations and build a culture of life and a civilization of love. This is what our faith teaches us, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to reach out to those who are in need, and to accompany those who are in difficulty and crisis. Entrusting you all to the Immaculate Heart of our Blessed Mother, with my prayers for you, I remain sincerely yours in Christ, the Most Reverend James D. Conley, Bishop of Lincoln. So I, I echo the bishop's gratitude and, and the Supreme Court decision that was made over the weekend. And, and I think as I've been praying about it, there's lots of different things that have come to mind. And one of them is that um, <clears throat> I, I think it's the first time I've experienced a, a change in law that was congruent with or that sort of line, aligned with what I believe about what it means to be a human person. And, and so often, you know, our experience as Catholic Christians has been that, that the way the world is going is less and less and less and less in conformity with our faith. And, and this is something new. There's something different there where it's a step towards being in conformity with what we mean, believe it means to be a person Right, what we believe it means to be a person and, and affirming and a step towards affirming our belief that, that a person is a body-soul composite, that a person is created by God and two people from the moment of conception. That a person is created for relationship and, and we're created to live in community and we're created to live in love. We're not created for a kind of rugged independence. We're not created for a kind of self-referential fulfillment, but we're created for community and we're created for love. And because we're created for love, that means that we're called to be a community of love. And, and so I appreciate the fact that, that the bishop also is emphasizing this program, Walking with Moms in Need, although I have to admit that when I read his letter, I was like, okay, okay so now we need to have a program that says, like, be nice to people. I mean, because essentially it is, like, the what we're always supposed to have done, right? Like, we're always supposed to be a community that's capable of absorbing the suffering of others. That's what the church is supposed to be. The church has always been a refuge for sinners, in a place where, you know, in my ideal world, a sinner can walk into church and find a home and be like, oh, I'm welcomed here. And this is a place where I can find something new. And, and this is a place where my heart can heal. And this is a place where I can encounter this person 
who has loved me even in those moments where I felt like I was unlovable. And at my worst moment, this person, who's a real person, looked at me and he loved me and he gave his life so that I could live. Like That's what the church is supposed to be. But it's, in reality, it's not always what we've been. And, and I think it's important to be honest about the fact that, that sometimes, and oftentimes, the church hasn't been a refuge for sinners. You know, a church hasn't been a place where like there's something tragic that went on in my life, but I'm afraid of talking to my like friends at church about it because I'm afraid they're gonna judge me. I mean that happens. It's common. It's not always a place where we find out that somebody's in a difficult situation or in a crisis and and we celebrate the new life that's come into the world and welcome the new life that's come into the world. And I've encountered families where they're expecting a grandchild and, and there's this kind of like admixture of disappointment because like things came out of order. And 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 on all of that, there, there's something that's not in conformity with the gospel. There's something that's not in conformity with the gospel because like the gospel is like this message of love that is preached into the world and our Lord entered into a sinful world to redeem it. And, and we're not supposed to be a group where like you have to be perfect to walk in the room. And, and we have people in all of our communities have people and we have people in all of our families who are in need of encountering our Lord's love. And, and really what I... I feel our Lord is calling us all to in this time is to double down on mercy and, and really to go all in in our relationship with him and going all in in our relationship with him means going all in on his mercy in our lives and in his ability to heal and his ability to remove every obstacle and his ability to crash through all of our shame so that we truly can live in freedom. So we truly can live in freedom. You know, and I often say this, and, and I'm not, I don't say it just kind of like as a joke or anything like that, but I, I'm really serious that there are certain aspects of 12-step recovery groups, and I wish all of our parishes looked like that. You know, I wish all of our parishes looked like that. Like, like at a 12-step recovery group, oftentimes it said this, like that, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop your behavior. So, like, you don't have to be 90 days sober to walk into an AA meeting. Like, you don't show up in an AA meeting after going on a bender, and they're like, you just got drunk last night? You better, like, come back when you're 30 days sober. Like, we, they don't say that. They're just like, I'm glad you're here. Every day's a new day. We're going to start again. The only requirement is a desire to stop drinking. Like, what if, like, that could be our attitude about the church? Like, the only requirement is a desire to stop sinning. You might not have stopped sinning yet, and, and we're going to help you with that, and, and we're going to encounter our Lord, and we're going to see what our Lord is going to do in your life. The only desire is a desire to stop. And then we feed that desire to stop, and it gets fed by our experience of our Lord's mercy and the freedom that St. Paul promises us. 
and so that freedom comes when we go all in with our Lord and we go all in on his mercy and we go all in on his transformation. And that's really what the readings all point to today is going all in. You know, Elijah goes up to Elisha and throws his mantle over him, which is a sign that Elisha has been chosen by the Lord to be his successor. And then Elisha runs to Elijah and he says, like, first, let me like take care of some things and then I'll and then I'll come and follow you. And Elijah looks at him and he says, go back. Have I done anything? I haven't done anything. It's not about me. The Lord has chosen you. You need to sort that out with our Lord. And then Elisha goes back and he burns the oxen and everything that he's had with him. Which is this sort of outward sign saying, okay, I'm done with the old life and I'm going to do something new. I'm saying no to this so that I can say yes to this invitation. Because that's really what freedom is. Freedom is freedom for And it only comes when we're free to say no to the things that get in the way. So the freedom that Jesus gives to us is freedom to be in relationship with him in a free way, without fear, without shame, without worry, without that voice in our head that says, I don't belong or I'm not good enough. And and we're free from all of that so that we can just surrender to him. And it comes when first we say no to the world. As Jesus is going along, it says at the beginning of the gospel reading, he resolutely turns his face towards Jerusalem, which means like, he turns all of his focus towards the cross. Okay, so now I'm going to give my life. And all of his focus is on surrendering his life to the Father. That's it. Everything is about that. And then others come to him and they say, I'll follow you wherever you go. And, and he stops and says, foxes have dens, birds of the sky have nests, but I have nowhere to lay my head. Do you understand what you're saying? That if you follow me, you need to follow me unreservedly and you might not have a home except with me. And then the next one says, You know, let me go and bury my father. And he says, let the dead bury their dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. I want you to be free from all attachments so that you can attach yourself to me. And then the third, he says, anyone who sets his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy which means we have to be willing to leave all the junk in our lives behind to leave all the junk in our lives behind. And I've talked about shame a couple of times, and shame is is a way that we carry that junk around with us. You know, shame is this dynamic where, like, I have this thing in my heart, and I don't want anybody to know, and I'm afraid if somebody finds out that they're going to reject me. And whenever we have shame, then we either become too rigid or too lax. Somebody can have shame and become too rigid. And, and so let's say I have this thing. Like, like last night I ate like six pieces of pie and a ton of ice cream, which I don't usually do. And I might have a lot of shame about that. And like, you know, I don't want anybody to know I ate six pieces of pie. And, uh, and so I would like, I might get up and preach and I'll be like, you know, all those pie eaters, there's like, like there's all these gluttons last night. Like I could be really hard on pie eaters. 
Um, I'm trying to use the most like non-relatable you know, example. But I could just become really rigid about something because I have it and I haven't been freed. Or I become too lax, which is when, because I ate all that pie, I'm going to go around and tell everybody, well, you know, gluttony is not really a sin. It's not really a thing. And I don't want you to feel like I'm, 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 I'm being, you know, judgmental towards you because, because I have that thing myself and I become too lax. And, and then there's this truth, and the truth is that, like, yes, like gluttony is a sin, and our Lord looks at you, and he loves you, and he's trying to teach you that he's enough for you. And he's better than all that other stuff. He's better than all that other stuff. And even though he can look at me and he knows all of my sins, he knows everything that I've done, he still calls me. And when I come to know him in that way, that's where freedom abounds. That's where our hearts are transformed. And that's the experience that, that we're meant to proclaim to the world and to be a countersign. And that experience is marked by joy. And we live in a world right now where there's going to be lots of dialogue that's ongoing. There's going to be lots of people that we encounter there's going to be lots of opinions that we encounter. And then there's like, what is our Lord doing in this? And the more each and every one of us are free from whatever it is that gets in the way of our relationship with our Lord, the more we're free, the more we've entered into that surrender, the more effective we will be in proclaiming the truth and offering something different and offering something new. And it will become second nature to us to find somebody in need, to find somebody who's been away from the church, to encounter somebody who has had horrible things happen in their life, to encounter somebody who is carrying around a bunch of shame and say, I'm not afraid of any of that. I'm willing to enter into your life and love you in those places. And if you will let me, I want to introduce you to this person who made all the difference in my own world. And so today, let us pray that that each and every one of us in our own way respond to what our Lord's doing in our life and our world most especially that we have the courage to truly surrender our whole heart to our Lord, that we may know the freedom that he has promised us, and that our church truly will be a refuge for sinners, a respite for the weary, a light that shines in the darkness of our world.